Sam Sorbo. Well, yes, that's me, Sam Sorbo. Welcome back to the Sam Sorbo Show. I, uh, I have a guest for you guys that I think you're going to really enjoy. Uh, Brenda Crouch is part of the modeling entertainment industry, and she is a dynamic speaker as well. She's also an author, and she's written a new book. And so she's here to talk about her book, which is called Fight Forward, because she is a survivor. And, uh, you know, we often need to hear survivor stories as uh, encouragement for our own struggles. Welcome to the program, Brenda Crouch. Hi, Sam. So good to be with you today, my friend. You sound you fantastic. I, yes, we hear you <laughs> just great. So the name of your book is Fight Forward, because who's going to turn around and fight backwards? That's just ridiculous. Yeah, come on now. You just said it. <laughs> and honestly, I think, you know, honestly, I think that we are really stuck in our, our culture, our society. We're just stuck in these labels and this kind of victim mentality. And really, as I began to recognize this, it really was on my heart to say, you know what, we don't have to stay stuck there. We don't have to be victims forever. And so, um, honestly, this is really my heart and soul on paper. Now, but you, I mean, you've gone through stuff that I wouldn't wish on my, my worst enemy, right? Um, right. It, yeah. Why don't you start, why don't you start at the beginning? We can just start talking about who you are. Who are you? Sure. Well, you know, I came from a pretty simple life and, and one that, um, interestingly, I, by all intents and purposes, most people would think that I came from the perfect family and, you know, in some ways I did, but there were secrets in my family and uh, there were things there, at a young age. Um, I was a victim of childhood sexual abuse. Uh, I was about eight years old. And um, it was honestly the thing that I believe twisted my identity was shame. And so then as, as I began to grow and mature, um, I took all the good things that I was taught by my mother and you know, I was in a Christian home and I took all those values, but I, I didn't really understand who I was and I didn't love myself. I was actually very ashamed of myself. And I, I um, then began to unknowingly project an image of what I thought would be more lovable, Sam. And I think you can relate to understanding, you know, Hollywood is full of that, really. Um, people who just project an image and want to be accepted. And so performance was a big deal for me. And being a singer, um, you know, being born with certain gifts, um, I just took those things and I thought, okay, that's who I am. And it took me really the journey, unfortunately, of coming unraveled through my pain. And uh, as I attracted abusive people into my life, you know, children that, that um, are survivors of sexual trauma or really any kind of trauma from abuse, will often and most usually go into their adulthood carrying those dynamics into their relationships because they don't have the wisdom as innocent little children to differentiate um, between the good parent, bad parent. You know, they all they can do is accept them as on the whole because they need that person. They need their love. They need their Would provision, you... their acceptance. Go ahead. Right. So the, so, so the abuse simply becomes part of 
their self-definition, who they are. And so it it makes perfect sense that they would find that abuse from someone else because that's, that's part of what they've accepted about themselves as, as an, as an abused individual. Exactly. And so what was the thing that made you, yeah. What was the thing that finally made you go, wait, um, other people are saying Uh this is wrong, (laughs) right? Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, you know, I was in my second marriage and honestly, I had, I had suffered from just about every kind of abuse there was. I, Sam, I had loaded guns held in my head. I had a broken bone at one point and it was just, I know there are many levels of abuse, but it was enough to crush me and to make me feel like I was nothing. And I believe that it was when I had my daughter that my first awakening came and I realized what I needed to do for her, I had been unwilling to do for myself. And so it was that probably that little part of me that was healthy enough to say, oh my God, I'm not going to put her through this. And I woke up and I realized I had to call it what it was. And so that, it was really a process for me of getting, um, you know, getting wisdom. And I think that it, through the process of that and the journey, I had to get wise counsel. You know, it, there was a spiritual side that was so deep for me. And so in that journey, I learned that I didn't have to, love doesn't do those things. And so the, you know, that confused little child that thought love will do this, realized, you know what, mm, love does mm. And that's so not love. I, that's and, something else yeah, from it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. when I and had what's to interesting in, is you jump out. What what's interesting is you discovered that when you had somebody to love. When you had an innocent, right? You had an yes. innocent child that oh, you were that you yeah. were loving and you went, yeah. I'm not gonna do this to her because that's not what love should be. But you wouldn't be able to define that for yourself because you were taught that the way love was to you, the way love behaved towards you was abusive. Right. It allowed those things. Yeah. And it's just, where did you go? Yeah. Sorry. Who's, who's, who, who guided you through that or out of that or, you know, into, into clarity? Well, you know, at that point in my life, I had a really good counselor and I had, um, You know, God is amazing. (laughs) When you have God in your life, he will appoint the right people. And um, so I'm going to say that my faith played a huge role, and I I wouldn't have made it without that. But I know that um, those counselors were important for me because they helped me to see things and to work through things. It's a process, Sam. It's a process. And it's about the transformation of of your inner person. It's like you're like a butterfly. It's how you see yourself. And, and, and yeah. anorexic sees, the, sees herself or himself as exactly. fat and you have to be yeah. taught you're not fat. You're love, you, you know, you're, you're not an abused person or an abusable person. You're a, you're a beloved person. But, but I want to exactly. ask you because you're a Christian, you were raised in a Christian household. Um, yeah. so Christianity obviously wasn't like a protective covering over you. Well, right? in a sense it was. And I think we can't we can't really look at it with a, a blanketed kind of idea because here's where I feel like that you know that I knew that the Christianity that my mother taught was just it was absolutely authentic, and that's really probably what preserved me and eventually ultimately pulled me out. Um, I woke up and I realized, but that, but we all are a process. We're all flawed human beings, 
and we're taught things in our childhood or, you know, by our family system that unfortunately, you know, those are the things that hurt us often. And we have to kind of come have those revel deep revelations where we realize, you know what, that was wrong thinking and wrong teaching. It may have been sincere, um, but in the flawed journey of my humanity, um, I can know that God is mm. faithful and he has the grace and the mercy to reach into my abyss, you know, and pull me out of my wreckage. That's so well said. Very, really beautiful. Um, I think it's important to note that Christianity is perfect, but humans are not. Exactly. And as exactly. It, right. So as expressions of Christianity, we're not perfect. Right. And really, that's my heart is to say, you know what, God even God loves the perpetrators of abuse as well. Most of them have been um, victims themselves and victims often become victimizers. So, you know, I really feel like this, we're in this Me Too um, culture now where everybody's raising their fists up and, and it's like, let's expose the monster. And okay, so that's one step, but now what? And we've got to have some answers to how do we heal? How do we go forward and not be stuck in this um, ridiculous um, kind of a hole where there's no hope and, and all there is is, you know, everybody's flinging mud at each other. So honestly, there, there is power in forgiveness, and uh, we do not have to live as a victim, and we do not have to identify there. And that is really what my book is about. Uh, it's about going forward and learning who you really are and who you were created to be, because I think that's an epidemic in our, our culture now. You think that, that not concentrating on who you really are and who you were created to be is an epidemic? Uh, well, I think that narcissism has replaced what real self-love is. We don't know the difference. And so what we're doing is we're projecting well, self-indulgence. Yeah, exactly. We're, and we're lovers of ourselves, you know. Right. And, uh, that's, and that's, that's bad. It's empty. Well, it's interesting because self-love didn't bring you out of your abusive cycle, but love for someone oh, else no. did. There you go. Love for someone else. And I'm going to say it was love for two people, my love for my daughter and my love for God. Those are the two things that kept me going. You have to understand what fight, what the good fight is, because we're often fighting the wrong fight and we're kind of punching back at something that we have no ability to bring down. But you know what, if you understand what the fight is to, to fight for yourself and for your, your soul and your mental health and your future and your purpose, man, that's the good fight. And that is worth fighting to the bitter end. And you can fight forward. And you can, it's, you know, the butterfly that comes out of the, the chrysalis has to fight hard or else its wings will fill with fluid and they harden and they will not live. So that is an important stage for the butterfly. But wow, what an amazing uh, process for that beautiful creature that has been made new. I love that. You're just full, you're just a wealth of of great imagery and and word word play. Um so oh, a uh, couple couple of tough questions for you or maybe they're not tough. Sure. Did you for, did you forgive your abuser? <laughs> yes, and you know, I had several of them. Um and I wrote in my book that I I didn't hate my ex-husband. I did not I don't hate my 
father. Um, I absolutely loved my father, and I still do. And I and my book opens with his deathbed confession. And I was able to pray with my dad. And you know what? What a beautiful ending there. Um, I also have forgiven the others that have abused me physically, emotionally. And I learned that those were broken people, Sam. And you know what? When you realize they're just broken and they're acting out of their brokenness, and this is not true, this is not real, this is not, they don't define me, this is not who I am, it empowers you to rise above and to say, I can choose to live differently, and I can love myself because I am loved by my creator. Do you still have a relationship with the people who abused you? I mean, obviously your father, and then he passed away, but I would imagine that he abused you as a young girl, that that somehow that relationship changed as you grew, right? Yeah, that relationship was filled with a lot of um, uh, interesting dynamics. Um, You know, he was emotionally distant in many ways, but I learned a lot about my dad and about the fact that he too had been abused. And so, you know, there's such mercy that I have for him and grace. Um, And as far as the others, you know, there's a relationship uh, with my, my daughter's daddy only, you know, to the extent that um, you know, we're very kind and gracious to one another. It's, um, it's amazing. You know, to me, that's kind of a miracle that you can come almost full circle and you can, you can smile and say hello and, and, uh, you know, be friends. We're, we're certainly not, uh, you know, doing the holidays together or anything like that, but, you know, we are gracious and, um, there's kindness there, there's forgiveness there. And, uh, I'm grateful for that because it sets you free. Right. And then finally, did you forgive yourself? Did you do anything to forgive yourself? Oh, gosh, that was probably the biggest one of all. You're good, girl. (laughs) Um, I think forgiving yourself is huge. Um, And and that, again, you know, when I prayed with my father on his deathbed, that was the prayer. I said, Daddy, you've got to forgive yourself. I've forgiven you. And, you know, he really struggled with that. And, um, you know, I, uh, I understand that we are, again, we're, we're fragmented in our souls often because of things that we've experienced in, in our childhood, in our lifetime, the woundings that come. And so, you know, we've got to start laying down our arms and have mercy for one another and understand that we are all on a journey. We're all in different places, Sam, but we're all on a journey. And that journey is to become fully human and fully um, in our purpose, you know, uh, knowing who we are as we were created to be. And so I really am thankful that I could forgive myself enough to say, you know what, little girl that I hated, I love you now, and I'm going to I'm gonna take care of you. And that doesn't mean that I walk around in my ego or that I'm, you know, it's all me first all the time. That actually is what has empowered me to truly serve others and not be a victim. And that's a powerful place. That's a powerful place. We, we you know what, you, you, I think you said it at the top of the interview, that we're living in a very victim-heavy culture, that the culture yeah. is keen to, to convince you that you're a victim. And people think that that's yeah. a position of power because it feels... Right. It feels powerful. It feels like you can control. It's like the child who is upset and throws a tantrum. He feels like he's controlling the room. And to a certain degree, yeah. he is. But he's really just yep. just, just full of self-harm. He's just hurting himself. Exactly. And when you, when you refuse the victimhood status, 
is when you really start yep. to to feel the power, right? And so yeah. I didn't think I, I wouldn't think that the that the little girl so much needed forgiveness, although you said you forgave her for her her inability to understand her self worth, right? You you forgave her for being yeah. so hard on on you, right? Um, yeah, but, yeah, but forgiving choices, you know, hmm? and the choices that I made, Sorry. you know, throughout my life, my bad choices, yeah. Oh, okay, right. And then, as you as you were an adult, when you really had responsibility for the the situations that you entered, right? When you had choices that you could, yeah, that you could do. That I mean, that's. That's when, when you take responsibility for that and you say, okay, you know what? I made that choice, but I'm going to forgive myself right. because I've learned my lesson and I'm not making that choice again. Then you start yeah. to feel powerful. Okay. You know what? Now I can move on with that information that I'm not that's denying. It. Yep. That's it. And the power to make a different choice. So talk about the book quickly. Um, okay. I love chatting with you. You're, 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 you're full of great insights and information. Mm -hmm. And it sounds the, the book is, uh, the book's really a uh, fascinating sort of journey. Uh, but tell us, yeah. you know, the, the purpose behind it and what you cover and what you hope for. Well, the bottom line, Sam, is that everybody is walking around with this narrative playing in their head. And, and that's either going to be one that is balanced in your, the, you know, what God's idea is of you, or it's going to be this kind of voice of you're not good enough. You know, you're going to fail. Um, nobody really sees you. No one accepts you. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And again, I'm going to go back to saying that we, we tend, we have a tendency as human beings to project these images because we really, all of us want to be loved and accepted. Right. And I believe that it, it takes courage to be able to dismantle that facade and then embrace our true identity. And there's a lot of people right now who are just in absolute crisis and they just don't know one end from the other. And, they, and they're at a crossroads and they've got some decisions to make. And I believe this book is really gonna speak into their lives and encourage them to understand what it means to embrace their true identity and not be afraid of this process of unraveling that they feel like it's over. But you know what? This is just the beginning. I'm living proof that it's just the beginning. And if you will, um, you know, take this seriously and really let, let God into your life and let that, you know, be a, a light that helps you examine and uh, be able to just embrace who you really are, you're going to be empowered and you're going to be amazed that it's never too late. I think a lot of people are hiding behind oh, the facade, God. right? Yes. And, and, yes. and I, and I would say they don't even know that there is a facade because that's right. all they know. It's like asking a fish what wet feels like. They're like, well, you I don't know. The, you hit the nail on the head. That is exactly right. Yep. But then how do they you help somebody know. see or feel that facade? And I, I speak from experience. I used to have a facade that I used and I had a <laughs> a very good friend who pointed it out to me and said, you know, when you do that yeah. thing, uh, it puts people yeah. off and it's not good for you and, and all that. And so I finally figured it out, but, but I, I yeah. had no idea that I was doing that. Right. Well, you know, again, I believe that God speaks to us many different ways and he'll use people. He'll use books like mine, mm. 
we all are in different places and that's about the timing that we're in and about the heart of the person and, and whether or not they really truly desire authenticity. I believe that because you desired authenticity, you were willing to listen to your friend. You know, it wasn't something that you rejected, but instead you decided, wow, you know, I, I didn't realize that. And I don't, I don't want that in my life. So I, I think that those, not everybody's going to listen to that message, but there are those who really desire to be authentic and they really desire to be empowered the right way. And, um, they want to know what are those tools and how do I get there? So, you know, the message will come and, and um, that's where I believe our faith really plays a role. So um, it's voices like yours and mine. Okay. They say in my notes, it says that you have a message to perpetrators of sexual or physical abuse towards children. I'm sorry, say that again. It I says in my notes here that you have a message for yeah. them, that you, that you have something to say to them. Yeah, I, I want to speak to the shame that's on the people that are the victimizers, because I believe that many people who are trapped and they are hurting others, uh, whether that's a, somebody that's beating their wife or somebody that is uh, molesting a child, you know that what you're doing is wrong and, and you feel trapped and you're hiding behind your own shame and in your own junk. And you know what? God wants to set you free from that. And so I want to encourage those people to be brave enough to reach out to somebody for help and say, listen, I need help. And I don't want to, that is not who I am. You're not that person. That's not who you really, really are. And I encourage you to just uncover those layers and you need to get the help that will set you free and you can become, you too can become who you really are. Yeah, I, I would have to say uh, that's kind of brilliant because if, if, uh, if you're an abuser and you're hearing this and you know that you're an abuser and you know that it's wrong, then she's right. That's not who you really are. That's, that's, that's something mm -hmm. that you're taking right. on. And you don't have to. You don't right. have to be trapped by that. And there is, right. there's forgiveness, there's redemption, there is, uh, you know, um, uh, making up for past wrongs. There is all of that. It's available uh, if you're if you're willing to do the the hard work, right? And fight forward. Yes. Which is the name, yes. strangely, of your book, Fight Forward, Reclaim the Real You. Brenda Crouch, you're married to somebody famous. <laughs> well, a little bit, huh? <laughs> I'm married to Paul Crouch Jr. from the uh, TBN family, and he's an amazing man, and uh, you know him well, and uh, I just love the journey with him. He's been... He's been a great guy, and what a what an amazing journey of healing that we've had together. So, I mean, listen, restoration does come if you work, but you got to work for it. You, it doesn't just it do doesn't it. just sort of uh, hop off the train and and you know hit you upside right. the head. But you got to work for it. That's so, right. brendacrouch.com, and the book is available everywhere. It's called Fight Forward, Reclaim the Real You. You are a treasure. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope Aww, this book. Thank you, uh, um, I hope this book really reaches into people's hearts and minds and offers uh, help and healing to people who are suffering. Um, it's a it's a wonderful thing. I'm sure it was a cathartic thing for you to do, but not, also not a very easy thing for you to write. So uh, no, thank you not so much all. for coming on the show. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Brenda. We'll talk to you soon.